Hi, I'm Danny Penna, and you're listening to Motivation and Muscle Streaming Radio 24-7 with host Eric Fiorello. Get strong. The information presented in this podcast is not intended for the treatment or prevention of disease or any medical condition, nor is a substitute for medical advice. The information contained here in this podcast reflects only the opinion of the author and presenter and is in no way considered required practice. Welcome to Motivation and Muscle, the podcast that connects your brain to your brawn. Hi, this is Eric Fiorello, and I want to welcome you to Motivation and Muscle Streaming Radio 24-7 today. It's the 14th of October, 2019. First things are first. You have to do this if you're not. Stand up. Take a deep breath through your nose. Out through your mouth. And get it all out. I'll usually keep going, but we got to move along with the show. I am a winner. I am a champion. And I am unstoppable. You start saying things like that to yourself. I'd start with those three verses. You're going to see a major change in yourself in a minimum of 21 days. And as we get into things more and more, and we've talked about so many different things, the show I just did with Charlie Oliphant was the biggest downloaded show Charlie and I have ever done in five days. And this just tells you what's going on. And... It was all about things of that nature. It was called self-talk. How you speak to yourself and obviously others does matter in everything you do and how far you want to get in life. And then Kara Shaw and I, I'm going to put the show up tonight or first thing in the morning. We did another show. It was a, it was a grand slam, thinking for yourself. Just incredible stuff. So you've got to learn to do this. And as we get into this more and more and more, I'm doing this right now with a gentleman. Um, I'm going to bring our pal John McKean in here very shortly, and wait to hear the show we got today. It's going to be, and in fact, as I told John the other day when I spoke with him, John's show and mine, um, we've already done over 800 downloads. I believe it's been now about seven days since it's been up. That's like a record for me and somebody brand new coming in here. That show will easily do over 1,000 downloads in the next couple of weeks, which when you're getting in that territory, now you're getting people's ears standing up because they're saying, well, who is this guy and what's he doing? Well, we've been around for, well, six years. The show's been around for five. Get ready because I'm telling you right now, you haven't seen anything yet. Believe me. Um, so, we already talked about that. Next, go out to FiorelloBarbellCo.com. Winners and Champions, that is our premier product. I got to tell you, the way things are rolling here, there's going to be a lot of stuff out next year here. A lot of stuff. Um, because we're going to have a lot of coin to play with, in my opinion. And not only that, I'm going to do everything I can to be national next year. We said two or three more years. I'm going to push it right to the limit like I have with everything. There's some great things happening here like never before. Never, never before. It's wild, and I love it. Also, too, don't forget to go out to our Prosperity Conscious page on Fiorella Barbell Co. Invest in us. It's only $25, $50, or $100. goes right to my PayPal account. goes right into the business. If you were paying subscription for this, 
it'd be more than $100 a year. So most people charge at, look at the material we got. I've got over 1,200 shows. I mean, there's nothing you can't learn here, and you're going to see more and more and more. We're going to have people on here that dive into the subconscious. This is what they do for a living, et cetera, et cetera. John and I are going to put together some things next year just on power rack training that you've probably never heard of or even seen in the market. And if you have, you might get a paragraph of it, and you're going to sit there scratching your head. So be on the lookout for all this stuff. Also, too, go out to motivationmuscle.com slash category slash podcast. I introduced John last month. John will be on his second show, I hope, for many, 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 many more years here. Um, We've got an awful lot to talk about, and it's been bottled up, I believe, in John for a long time, myself too. The trends come and go, but what we're talking about is no trend. This is the real deal. This is like cementing yourself right into the ground, literally, and becoming so damn powerful, it'll it'll make your eyeballs roll up and down and back and side to side. That's how big this stuff is. So stay tuned. Also, too, go out to uh, motivationmuscle.com. Uh, sign up for our free newsletter. It goes right to my MailChimp account, and you know how we are with content. Also, too, invest. Come on in and advertise with me out on motivationmuscle.com. The rates are very reasonable, and if you know me, how hard I'll work for you, and you'll come in here and you'll put some currency into my companies, that's what we need to do right now. We need this more than ever to continue on this big, big battle we're going up against and I love it every day more and more and more. doesn't matter what happens. We always find the solution. You know, you can't go around things. If anybody thinks that, you're mistaken. You've got to learn to go through it. You have to stand right up to it and go through it. Period. If you can't do that, you got trouble. you got big, big trouble. Don't forget about our YouTube channel, Fiorella Barbell Company. Real men, real strength, real power. On that note, I am going to give you some information on John as soon as I get this thing brought up here. Number one, he <laughs> he's turning a young 74 this December. He's been competing in all aspects of the Iron Game for 57 years. He's lifted in hundreds of meets, having won national titles in Masters Age Olympic-style weightlifting and powerlifting, and acquired nine world titles in IAWA, which is the all-arounders, and weightlifting, obviously, currently holding 335 USAWA national all-around records as a retired middle school teacher, middle school math teacher with a master's degree in guidance and counseling. John put to good use all the writing required in college by self-discovery articles published uh, in about every, because I just moved this, every, um, I'm sorry about that. Let me get back there. My, um, here we go. I got, I got sidetracked because everything moved on me here with the thing. I'm sorry about, I'll get back there and read the whole thing again. As a retired middle school math teacher with a master's degree in guidance and counseling, John put to good use all the writing required in college by self-discovery articles published in about every available strength journal. He was quite involved with the sport during the golden age of power rack training in the 1960s and has continually trained with and with researched and written about the dynamic system ever since. Um, 
before I bring John in, number one, I want to apologize for that to everybody out there. The cursor moved and it went right to the bottom. So that stuff happens. We're live and uh, I can't cover that up. That's the way things go. But on that note, John, you know, it's always, always, always an honor to have you on. You know your influence you had and still have on me. And um, there aren't many left like you. So uh, welcome, sir. It's always an honor to have you here on Eminem. Well, thanks, Eric. When you say there's not many like me, I think maybe they all died off. Uh, and I'm the living dinosaur of power rack training. Thank but- God for that. Well, I don't know about that. Uh, I do know that when I first got into it, it was like a revelation to my training. It Mm -hmm. was so much more dynamic and strength-inducing than regular full movements that I fell in love instantly and tried to pursue it ever since, sometimes wasn't always that easy because equipment wasn't available. Now it is, but very shortly after we got into it, it seemed to have disappeared. Mm -hmm. Even in the 60s, you'd see power racks around, but not many used it. There were some, and the ones that did stick with it got very powerful. Some of these you never heard of. They kept it to themselves, trained at home as it's once been said the strongest man in the world is probably some fella in Wichita that is training in his garage and never comes out. Yeah, no, I agree. Before we get started, now we're going to do a very, very interesting show today. We are going to talk big time power rack. We're going to talk about the ISOs, the push, the pull, the dead stop, the pinning. Um, and before John, I want John to give out how to get a hold of him and anything that's going on. We're going to get into something I've been dabbling with John with. Um, I don't. I'm not going to say too much on it because we're still in a lot of testing phase. John has to get here with Rob and pick up his bar or possibly two bars because of something we're really involved in right now. So, John, ha- tell everyone how they can get a hold of you. And we're going to get started, and I'll let you take the wheel right away for the power rack. So take it away, sir. It's all yours. All right. Well, to get a hold of me, my email is memck487 at aol.com. Or you could get me on Facebook, just under John R. McCain. That's probably the easiest way, because I, I check that pretty often, and am in tune with other people around that are strength-minded as well. Yep. All right. Well, you and I, this is our favorite. You've been doing it much longer than I have, but I'll tell you right now, I am so dedicated to the power rack. And John and I are up to some pretty serious stuff right now. We haven't said a lot about it. We've been giving bits and pieces of it out. But the idea of today's show, John being a teacher... I don't have a teaching uh, degree, but I'm a hell of a teacher, too. We're going to be doing show after show now, which literally you're going to think you're in the classroom. And I mean that when I say it. Eventually, this is all going to come out as a product down the road in 2020 at some point. But right now, we want to get everybody really fired up. If you live in the Northeast or anywhere like this where you've got the fall and the winter, what a perfect time to get started. So, John... 
Let's start out with the power rack. I don't know if you want to give a little history on it. I know we've gone over it and stuff, or we could just get right into the fundamentals of it, but I'll let you decide on that. Take it away. Okay. Well, as you said, this is going to be, and the follow-up shows will be on teaching. I'm a lot more comfortable doing that than telling you about myself. I'm a kind of a dull person anyway. But the power rack, as it was initially developed by Dr. John Ziegler, was uh, based on his research, which he did a, a lot of. He was very well respected in the field of uh, physical rehab and had done a lot of study on isometrics in particular based on, of all things, material he had gleaned from the Russians. They were doing some rudimentary isometrics in their training and were fast becoming the best in the world as a team. Uh, he took some of these ideas and put them together, did a lot of other research, particularly there was a lot done in Germany on the value of isometrics over anything. Mm -hmm. When he put this into play, he brought into this the York Barbell Club, in particular a young lifter named Bill March, just a mediocre Olympic lifter at the time, and he was working for York. Well, it was sort of his job to go and listen to whatever Dr. Ziegler told him to do. So he went and he did an isometric, pure isometric routine, uh, four days a week. And on Saturdays, he'd go back to the York Barbell Club and do his regular Olympic lifts. But the thing was that Bill March, being an athlete, he was like lettered in four sports when he was in high school. And he found that the static position of working a pure isometric did not suit him at all. Yep. He hated it. He even tried to quit, but York told him, hey, we're paying you to exactly. do this. Yep. So, so he went back, and between him and Ziegler, they came up with the idea of using a barbell so that the push could be measured. It wasn't against just a static rod. But you had a lift off a pin, either up into the air for a hold or to another pin, mm -hmm. which then became an isometric. But at least you knew how much you were pushing. Right. Bill sort of liked this. Well, he didn't even like that at first. But then he'd go back to the York gym and every week his lifts were going up when he'd compete in contest. Other lifters couldn't believe anybody could make this progress. Right. And within a little bit of time, he was winning national titles, setting world records in the press. And after that, Lou Ricci came in, who was an old timer. Mm -hmm. Everybody figured he was over the hill. He was done. A lot of people in the Southwest where Ricci was from figured his class was for the taking. And they'd go in a meet after he secretly started doing the rack material and found out that all of a sudden this old man was increasing his total by 100 pounds. Yeah. Something that was unheard of. And they all gave up trying to beat him. And eventually he went on to set a, a world snatch record. Yep. Yep. 
Well, I think it, it was the last it, last world snatch record that was done in the split style. Unbelievable. Well, you know, I know right now when when the listeners are hearing what you're saying, because it just went off in my head too. Initially, and I know we're going to get into this as the show goes on. They're saying like this, okay, March, you know, 100 pounds over what he was. All these, you know, same way with Lou Ricky, the, the, you know, blah, 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 blah. And they're going to say to me, and I know I'll get stuff, John, is this. Well, what exactly is the power rack doing then? What's causing these weights to start multiplying the way they are? And then you go into a competition you're, and nobody can touch you. And they're like, what is going on? What is it you think initially with the power rack that really, when you understand how to do it, we're not just saying, you know, I know people will say, well, I've done it, it doesn't do a thing. We're talking like Ziegler or March, people that are experimenting, they're writing their stuff down, they're figuring things out. What do you think it is initially that starts bringing the body on to where eventually you'll get to where you need to be? Well, that's kind of easy. The fact is, when you're training in the power rack correctly, you're lifting way more than what you're doing in a competitive lift. Right. Bill March used to say, my Saturday workouts with the Olympic lifts were easy because everything I'm doing is 100 pounds less than I was handling all week in the rack. Yep. And yep. I found the same thing with the squat. And later on, when I got into the various all-run movements, of which there are a lot, Mm-hmm. I found out that if I applied this, what I had learned before from my early days powerlifting, that I could easily exceed what was done with my regular all-around competitive lifts. And a lot of these were were limited motion as well, but if you go and lift even more, then they became relatively easy. So that was the initial thing. Uh, then, of course, along with that, the tremendous good feeling you mm-hmm. have, the psych mm-hmm. of being able to just manhandle huge weights. And then the the overwhelming thing was, as I find, there aren't any limits when you're training in a power rack. It doesn't seem like you ever stop making progress. You just keep going and going and going. If you have one bad workout, you come back the next workout, you can exceed what you failed with the last one. I agree. Um, and that, you know, that's what you said, you know, limits. There, You know, I've been studying more and more mentally with things. I'm getting to the point where I don't think you have any limits. Obviously, most people say, well, it's the limits you put on yourself. And I agree with that in a lot of ways. But I will say this. Once again, self-talk. I was telling John, you know, I trained yesterday. I'm doing the floor press. Um, I'm using the Apollon right now for a number of reasons. But the main thing right now is to keep the weight um, more where I want it right now. I don't want to be exceeding everything for a reason right now. I'm also, though, going two inches above and loading it on an Olympic bar and just smashing it everywhere um yesterday i think i could have gone at least a a minimum of another 100 pounds over what i did but you want to get used to this stuff and i haven't done floor pressing consistently in a long long time 
this is going to be one of my major moves now. That and the dead stop squat probably for the next six months. Obviously, some grip work, calf work, you know, uh, spinal erectors. And this kind of bleeds in. This is... And I'm just going to give a little bit of a, of a, a ear shot right now because John knows it. Because this is going to go obviously right into the rack next when we start talking about the holds and the pushes and all that. Um, a few things are going on here. Um, and uh, I decided to uh, come up with a new squat bar, which I did. And it's pretty damn awesome. And... Um, we built two last weekend. I got to thank Alex Ferrari. The guy's just an incredible welder. Uh, one is for John, obviously, because I want John, because John hasn't really been able to squat in a long time. And this is for anybody that has difficulty putting their arm behind their head. Now, if you've had wrist, elbow, bicep, shoulder, pec, this thing's you're going to love it. And, you know, we're finding out more and more things, what we're doing with it. And we're coming up with another concept. And I'm not going to get into this too much more, but John made a great um, observation to me without even using the bar. This bar is very trap-oriented, specifically to be used with the training we're talking about here. You love doing isometrics? Well, I'm going to tell you right now. You get this this bar placed on your traps, the way we're going to talk about down the road, you're going to move things and push against stuff like you never have in your life. You can do good mornings with this thing. You can walk. You can put this on your shoulders. Obviously, you're going to have to come out of some type of stand. You're not going to be able to clean it the way this is set up. You can walk miles with this thing if you so choose. It is one of the most dynamic pieces I've ever seen. I ca- this came through a few things that were going on with me. Um, and not only that, now we're on phase two. We're building two new thicker bars. So that's about where I'm going to leave it. But I'm going to tell you right now, between all this teaching John and I are going to be doing and this bar and a few other things that are in the works, there's also a power rack in the works right now, um, it's going to be a very interesting 2020, and I don't know if we'll, we probably won't have everything prototyped or tested totally till the end of the year. So obviously, you want to start the new year on a big foothold and a big bang. But you want to get into power rack work. This bar is going to be your teacher, and anybody that's had serious injuries. Well, guess what? You're going to be able to squat again if you want, and squat comfortably. It's all yours, John. I think I maybe said too much, but um, I wanted to kind of fire that right into where we're going to go next with the rack, obviously, and how we'll start there with everything. Well, you're absolutely right. One thing that's never been done with a power rack is to build special bars that are oriented to that particular type of training. It's just not been done. Uh, it seemed to die out too quickly for Bob Hoffman to realize this and make another million dollars off yeah. of. Yep. Uh, but I, I really believe that this bar is going to be the thing. Although I do have to touch on something you said uh, about me and guys like me not being able to uh, squat correctly because we can't put our arms yep. behind our heads. I didn't want anybody to get the impression that this is because my uh, – 21-inch biceps would, <laughs> would, would not allow me. No, actually, I'm, 
probably 13-inch arms. But the fact is that with age and everything, your shoulders really do go. And my left shoulder in particular is such that I simply can't lift it uh, behind me like that. Mm -hmm. This new bar will totally correct that. And I'll be back where I should have been all along, back in the power rack doing those midi Mm. partials that I always like to do. Yep. Now, about those, we, we better talk about yeah. right away, being that this is a teaching thing, the best process for using the power rack. And initially, I did like Bill March had done, the three positions. Right. Uh, after a while, I found out I didn't need the high position. If I could quarter squat a thousand pounds, I figured weighing 148 pounds, there was not a lot of chance <laughs> that I was going to do that in the contest. Right. So that was the first to go. I had all the power I needed there. The low position was good because when you start in a low position in a power rack, it's terrifically difficult Mm -hmm. to get started with that. And it sort of discourages you because you just don't have any power. But that develops very quickly because every lift that we ever do starts in a low position. I'm talking about the standard lifts. So you already have developed that strength. It all came down to me as the mid position then. This was, for the sake of saying something else, in a squat where you would do this slightly above parallel with Mm -hmm. the bottom pin and start there. This would be exactly where you would stick in a contest and ironically – It's also where the muscle should be strongest because that's when it's at peak contraction for Mm -hmm. one of any real scientific information on it. This is where the muscle should be strongest, but this is where we stick. The reason for that is because a competitive lift bases on momentum and acceleration, you're always zooming right through that sticking point, you're never really training it. And this is the strongest part of the muscle and the contraction where you should be strength strengthening it, or you should have your most strength at any rate. So I started doing it from just the mid position after experimenting with the other positions. I would start at a bottom pin, just above parallel now if we're talking about a squat. Right. I would move it up very slowly because you can't get any acceleration two to four inches to a higher pin yep and then i would push into that pin with whatever weight i had the weight was pretty good so despite the fact that you might think about a grind a mot type of push into the pin you don't have much power left no if you're if you're pushing up 500 pounds yep to get to that pin You can maybe hold it, maybe push a little bit into it, but not too much. And it's sort of frustrating. So after a while, what I started doing with that was I'd put uh, one of these noodles that the kids use at pools, styrofoam. I'd put it around my top pin. I'd start at the bottom, and I'd push up until I hit that noodle. And that never seems to want to completely squash in. Right. 
and it would keep you from hitting that pin and making this damn reviver reverberation that went through your head and body and drove you crazy. But also it gave you incentive to keep pushing because it never felt like you were at the end. Exactly. Exactly. So that I'd hold that for six seconds or eight seconds, and then that would be my lift for the day. You know, I, I don't know. I, I hope people can kind of visualize this because this is such a brutal lift. I mean, a brutal lift. It's like, think about this. A 500 dead start squat. All right? Think about this. Now, see this in your eyes, everybody. And we'll say we're going to move it four inches, which just from breaking that off those rods alone would put most people, maybe you get an inch or two and you're going to drop, it's going to drop you right back down. But picture this, 500 pounds going four inches with a six to eight second push against the other set of rods. If you haven't done it, contact one of us or both of us and learn how to do it. If you have done it, do it the way John's talking about. Break it off the rods, four inches, six to eight push against the other set of rods. Um, I'd be, I'd be, I'd be very surprised if most people could even do that the first time out. I don't care how big you are, how strong you think you are. You're talking some strength when you can do something like that. I well, mean, Eric, the, ahead, the one thing about this too yeah. is that. You're doing it slowly because there is no acceleration. When you're dead stop starting yep. it, yep. it's going to be slow, and it never does build up any speed until no. you get to that top position and yeah. then do the hold. The other thing being is that as you're originally cycling up, you're learning and learning and learning to get the best body position to yep. do this, yep. and it develops – a, a tremendous technique that you simply cannot develop through regular squatting or regular lifting nope. because you never have taken the time to do that and to secure what is for you. Everybody's different. Yeah. What is for you the absolute best way to make this push through that dynamic center position? Well, as I told John the other day when I squatted, with the new bar, you know, we talk about pathways, you know, you really got to have something real solid and, and something you can move through. I told him, and I mean, anybody that's done dead stop work, dead start, whatever you want to call it, has had this happen. You know, you, you come off uneven. One side might go up, bang, drops back down. You might be able to work through it and stand up, but it's I, – I don't want to say it's sloppy, but it's not a good way to do these things. It's a good way to get hurt. What I found, especially when we talked about with the new bar, the trap conscious, um, uh, my, my traps, um, my rhomboids, the other day felt like somebody took a chisel to them and struck them a thousand times on each side, literally. But here's the big thing. Not only coming up correctly – when you have that thing set perfectly on your traps, that thing's got a whole different feel from anything I've done, whether it's a buffalo bar, an Olympic bar, I don't care what it is. Totally different lift. And when you do that and you are centered, you know, you, you want to have that center of gravity, so to speak, and you come up and you kiss those other rods, man, I, this is what I'll tell you. 
we talk about contact, you know, mental, you know, John and I have talked about this, how I said, I do believe the power rack rewires your brain. There's a feeling that you get when you attack that bar and you come up and push against those rods so hard. I'm telling you right now, it feels like somebody poured gasoline on your brain and lit it on fire. Literally. You get down with that, you come down, and you set it on there, and I'll tell you, I every time I do it, it sounds like somebody shot me, the scream I make. It's unreal. Why? It's the ecstasy of the lift. I've never lifted anything in my life that gave me the ecstasy of a power rack. Now, I know I've talked big about stones. Iceland done that. Yep, yep. And it's it's unbelievable. It's, it's very similar, but here is the difference. It's that push or that pull when you do that to me that's like every piece of grain you know brain matter every muscle every tendon every ligament every bone comes into play with that and in a whole different way because you're doing a push or a pull with it and you want to stand there and nail it for six seconds say or eight or sometimes we'll do threes john will probably get in that a little bit the point of the matter is this Unless you have not, unless you've done this, and can testify that, well, I don't know, maybe it was for me, maybe not. I'm telling you here, you listen to what John and I are going to be teaching and talking about through all these shows in the next year. I dare you, and I'm putting it out there to everybody. I dare you to start doing what we're talking about, and then send us a note in a year. Get a before and after picture and show us what you look like. Because I'm here to tell you, you'll be thicker than you've ever been. You'll be stronger than you've ever been. And I'll tell you what, you'll be so mentally tough that you'll you'll never uh, you'll never ever accomplish anything like what we're talking about. Other than if they're going to take you out in the middle of nowhere, like in Rocky Four, or I saw the other night they had Creed Two on with Stallone where he has him training out like the desert, and they, and they basically say it's hell. This is, to me, my hell. And I don't mean it in a negative way. It's getting colder and colder out there. Yeah, I got a little heat, just enough to keep you warm. But I'll be walking with stuff or who knows what. But I'll be out in that rack, man, and it'll be like 20 below out there with just enough on it so the bar doesn't freeze to your hands. You know what that feels like when you're moving shit like that? And then you pin it. You know what's happening to you every time? You're going to be tougher than this guy that you're going to compete against. Who's set records everywhere. And here, like John said, there's this guy from who knows where. He walks in and just blows the competition away. What did you do? Power rack work. Well, what? Like what? I can tell you what I did. But the only way to get big and strong is you got to execute. It's all yours, John. Well, you're right. You have to experience it. Because what the power rack will do will teach you. You learn from it. You find out, for instance, it took me a while to figure out to get the right position for a squat, for instance. Yeah. That, doggone, this is not a leg lift at all. (laughs) I'm using my hips. Yeah. It's totally a hip and back lift, not a leg lift at all. Yeah. And you, you learn from that. And then it's like you say, I kind of like your analogy there. This is your own form of hell. Yeah. 
because the, the time that you're within that rack doing this, surprisingly, you have a lot of time to think about and figure out things because every time you do that six to eight second hold within a rack, yep. it seems like time stands stand still and you know, you come up with all kind of revelation. Maybe it's just your brain's going crazy or something. I'm not sure. Uh, I know I did do, after a while, you get used to this. And I varied that short time span, which seemed long to me, within the power rack yep. by thinking, gee, I, I can probably make this even more intense, show you what kind of a wacko I am. <laughs> so what I started doing is I would start, do my dead start. Yep. I'd move up to those squishy little pads I had Yep. and hold that for six seconds. Then I'd sink halfway down to bottom, not all the way. I'd hold that for four seconds. And then I'd go back up and hold four more seconds at the top. That's insane. I, I don't know that my eyes ever bled from that. But I, did, <laughs> I, I got a nosebleed once. Yeah, I have it. too. Yep. yep. But the thing was that that was so intense that going up and down halfway and half and halfway back up yep. that it, it was probably – much more intense than I should than I should have been doing. You don't need to be that crazy. However, if I can diverse into a little story about that training. Yeah, go ahead. All right. I didn't think you'd mind, Eric. No, not at uh, all. I, I don't know if this was the time span or not, but I believe this is when this occurred. I was really into that training where I'd, I'd call it one and a half training because right. I'd more than a rep, I'd go halfway down. So that would be my one and a half power rack hold. At the time, I was so enthused as to what I was doing, I believe that a sort of makeshift competition came up at Slippery Rock University, which is about an hour north of here. Okay. They came up with the idea that because bench press contests were becoming popular, mm -hmm. well, they thought this wasn't quite fair. So they had a three-way contest. You could enter either the bench press contest, the squat contest, or the deadlift contest. And yep. they'd base it on the coefficient, the formula, as to who was best. So I thought, well, this is great because the power rack is really getting me strong. I was really psyched about the one-and-a-halves. Yep. So I entered – naturally in my favorite to squat competition <laughs> i was confident i thought there's not going to be anybody that's going to give me a serious competition here right because i'm ready i didn't have to make weight or anything because it was a a, a coefficient type of thing and i went in weighing 152 mm -hmm. who did i run into right away but an old friend of mine i don't know if listeners know him or not or have read of him uh, his name was tony fratto yep a local lifter he was at the time the world powerlifting champion at 198 mm -hmm. he this was before uh super suits i don't think drugs were around much then there was only one powerlifting federation there wasn't a million like it became right so this was the real deal and being a world champion, he was a real deal. So I said to him, Tony, what competition are you entering? 
He said, oh, the squat. I thought, uh, <laughs> just what I wanted to hear. Yep. Have to go against a world champion. I don't know if he had the world record in the squat then or not. He may well have. But I was so confident and typical of me, cocky little bastard that I've always been. I said, well, Tony, I said, I'll tell you what. I said, I'm in pretty good shape right now. I'm going to force you to do an 800 to beat me. <laughs> Love it. And he, he looked at me, he laughed because he knew, you know, we were good friends. And yeah. he said, oh, he says, I don't know about that. And he thought I was kidding him. But, and I don't know that when I forced him to do his final lift, I don't think it was quite 800 mm-hmm. that he had to do, but I know I won. <laughs> wow. That's awesome. He didn't get it. Yeah. So. What, you know, this is, the, I think, such the beauty of the power rack that's never been understood. Even, you know, it was great. York Barbell, obviously, all the stuff that came out of there, Dr. Ziegler, the whole thing. But, you know, and I want you to comment, correct me if I'm wrong here, is this. It never went to the level, in my opinion. Maybe that was never their idea. Maybe they never thought ahead. But when you talk about you going into meets, when you talk about specifically working on a movement, you know, and, and like what I'm doing right now, John will tell you, we got two movements. Obviously, I'm doing my neck and all that stuff. None of that's neglected. But I haven't worked for specificity, and I can't tell you how long. I mean, I'm, I'm talking years here. Um, and that's what we're doing right now, especially with the prototype bars here that we have to test, and, and we're going to have new ones, I hope, within the next couple of weeks. So we're running three different size bars here we're going to be running. And I'll tell you something else. It's so exciting around here. And – it's so exciting for me to talk to John. I talk to John as much as I can. I'm probably driving him crazy. But to be able to come up with these ideas and to work with people that have been in the best, in my opinion, John lived in the golden era, the, at least from what I've read and seen. And and what I like about more than ever, especially talking to John, you know, you didn't have internet. You didn't have Wi-Fi. You know, you had basic magazines. We know that. You know, there was some good stuff out through Hoffman. But what I like with what we're doing and talking about here is we're coming from, to me, it's more of that older era where, okay, Eric, okay, John, you know, I've got this, 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 and this. What do you think? Well, yeah, it sounds all right. Maybe you want to look at this or you want to do it. See, we're doing it that way. This is how I think you build not only your body, your mind, and your soul totally. But look at the equipment that's starting to come out of me again. It's like John and myself are like the creators again. You know, this is what I've done with Eminem and everything. Create, create, create. Now, I'll tell everybody quickly, and then I'm going to hit one more thing on the rack and give it back to John. I'm doing the floor press. For anybody that isn't familiar with the floor press, obviously dead stop, dead start, whatever you want to call it, in the power rack. My racks are all, um, they have platforms they sit on, and they're lagged right through, to, right through the platform, right into the cement floor beneath them in the garage. So nothing's going to happen with that. It's a vicious rack. I've got three of them. So... What happened yesterday, I'm, I'm doing, I'm messing around with an Apollon and an Olympic lift or Olympic bar. I'll just go that far. 
So I get done with my last push, and I said to myself, I got an idea for a bench bar here, for a floor press bar. I immediately ran out in my notebook and scribbled the whole thing down with sizes and everything, literally, and went back and finished my training two minutes later. I had to just finish my neck. That was it. And I'm saying to myself, this is just unbelievable, not only to work with somebody that I've admired forever, who I, I've told you the story. I read about John and Hardgainer. That's how I found John. All right? Now I'm working with him. This is, you, you couldn't ask for a better thing for a guy that has seen a lot of this but was never around in it where John has. And then last but not least before I give it to him, I'll tell you right now, I'm not going to give numbers out of what I'm thinking with both lifts. But I am planning right now, committing at least six months to both lifts. You're going to see some big numbers com- coming out of this camp. And I think I will be bigger and stronger and mentally tougher than I've ever been in my entire life. So when I'm ready to go over, finally, to Iceland, I think you're going to see a lift of that stone like you've never seen in your life. Because if you heard John say, with the legs, with a dead start squat alone, the hip, the lower back that gets attacked. I can tell you there's days my hips hurt so bad I can hardly go downstairs, literally. It takes about a day, day and a half. If I go and get work done, it's quicker, obviously. Now through Dale Dugas, he got some information for me up here. Uh, we have found some great people that do acupuncture here. So I want to get, if you know anything about that, that opens up meridians. I, I, I feel right now I'd like to tackle that before I get back in any type of chiropractic. I want to go a different route for a little while. I'm a big believer in you've got to change things up. All right? It's the same thing I'm doing with that gentleman who's I've got to knock 100 pounds off in the next year. We're never going to stay basically on the same foods or the same protein or however we do anything because – like anything, it'd be the same way with the rack. Your body gets conditioned, gets used to it, and what ends up happening? Most people either drop out, they'll tell you they went stale, even if they probably didn't or overtrained. The power rack affords you the ability. Now, look, John and I are talking middies, but if you listen to John and me, we've trained from all different, you know, low, medium, high, I'll call it. You know, that's what Bill March was doing. So, all right, so maybe the middies kind of died out a little bit for you. What do you want to do? Well, as John says to me, they backed off to 50% of their max. Well, you can do that. Maybe you just want to start to see if you can get as explosive as you can in the low end. My point is, you're never going to run out of ideas. You ought to see some of the stuff that I've got for my power rack we built to press off of. I've shown pictures of it. I've got incredible stuff that's just totally dedicated to that rack. If you look at that big platform that was built for the power rack where I lift partials of the Hoosa steel stones. Then I have the outside set up, which is six by sixes below the frost line, where I can literally hang that stone off a monster toe chain, and away we go. It's the same thing when you look at the dead stop um Dumbbell presses I got outside that are on the 6x6s that hang off those big cables. I mean, you got to be fucking strong, my friends out there, to get on the ground, 
to hang, and I usually do them with the two-inch handles, to load those bars up, get under them, and press that so the chain is holding them, and you have the Y-shaped electrical piece that we built where the ends go through, if you can visually see this, and the collars go over it, and you lay on your back, and you've got to start that from a dead start and press that. Now, I don't have anything above it to push it against, but let me tell you, if you can get something started like that, you can be your own guide. I can do things like that where I can pretend there's a rod there that I'm pushing against. The main thing is you got to see if you can even get that thing started. So this is what I'm saying. All this power rack training I've been doing has bled all to the outside now, too. So the ability to create is going to be so big for yourself. Maybe you come up with the next new bar. Maybe you come up with the best new power rack out there. My point is buy into what we're teaching today, and we're going to continue. It's all yours, John. All right, Eric, you mentioned specifics and training maybe one given lift as compared to just doing a, oh, let's see, what's the best way of saying this, uh, specialization on one or two power rack movements. Now, this is beneficial. You're not giving up anything simply because every time you do a super heavy rack lift of any sort your whole body will learn to take up the tension it is like doing a total body isometric every time you do it so let's say you haven't done something for your arms or calves or anything special you're going to develop all of that Because the body is at total tension. It has to be Mm -hmm. when you're lifting heavy rack work, heavy rack lifts. It just goes to everything. If you wanted to train your neck, you don't have to train your neck. Because if you do a heavy midi squat, for instance, uh, and somebody took a picture of you, you you would think it was a Halloween mask. Your damn... (laughs) Your damn neck has so many tendons and veins and everything else coming out of it. I do very little other body work Mm -hmm. other than the uh, all-around-oriented type power rack lifts that I'm doing right now. And yet everything seems to be attuned to it. I had to go this morning for a routine uh, dermatologist look at my upper body and everything. And mm-hmm. uh, the doctor, woman doctor, a little bit older, She, I, she's not as old as me, but she came in and I had my shirt off and she about fainted. <laughs> <laughs> not, not that I looked that good, but I, I, I imagine compared to most of her patients that, you know, couldn't believe that there was uh, any musculature at all right, right. showing on an old man. But at any rate, then you mentioned also, uh, gee, why did this die off with all of what was written back yeah. in the 60s and everything? Yeah. Probably part of the problem was Bob Hoffman himself, even though he was the biggest pusher of power rack and power rack oriented uh, material. Uh, simply stated, uh, well, I guess Bill Starr said it. Uh, described him because he knew him really well working for York and everything. And he said, uh, Hoffman never really understood it. Uh, That doesn't Uh, surprise me. Yeah. 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 But but he had a way of writing 
he was probably the first of what we see so often today, what you would call a pseudo-scientific writer. Yep. Yep. In other words, he didn't know what the hell was going on. But he, he would write a good game. And you would read his articles, even though they were kind of dull and they were all the same. After a while, you got tired of it. Maybe this is what turned people off. Yep. Uh, yep. Other people started looking at Dr. Ziegler and saying, well, who is this guy? Uh, he must be a complete quack. Mm-hmm. Yet Ziegler was so well respected in his field and everything, particularly what he was doing for rehab and Mus- muscular contraction that at the time John F. Kennedy President John F. Kennedy uh, had some serious lower back problems mm-hmm. yep. the White House could have called in anybody in the world who did they call in Dr. Ziegler yeah. and yeah. Uh, you know he just had such a knowledge of muscular contraction how it w- would work how to free the body up how to make it more powerful that he was the world-class authority on this material. When he did things, and particularly his experiment with March and Reiki and uh, a lot of other guys from the York Club, this just went to maybe the competitors because you almost had to be a lifting competitor to really want to make this work because, as we've talked about already – it's pretty damn stressful. Very, yep. But if you're in there thinking, boy, I'm getting powerful, I'm getting powerful, and you are thinking that when you're pushing a max weight yep. against a pin, then it will work for you. And well, you have to stick to it. Well, and you know, like I told you yesterday, I probably went a little bit beyond what you and I talk about. But um, I wanted to do, uh, obviously... It, it wouldn't be a lock. It was two inches above. I've got my reasons why I want to do it. You know, John talks about the top, you know, didn't do for him what he, you know, wanted it to do. Well, what I do a lot, and we've talked about this, I'm sure John has too. I, at times, will go on this crusade at the top, and I'll go out. I've got them all over my garage, quarter inch, eighth inch plywood. So I can't go down two inches with it normally. And what I'll do is I'll start bringing the bar down and I'll use the plywood, okay? Eventually, you'll be able to go down another two and another two. Now, I've trained that way before in the rack, and it is brutal, all right? And here's the thing I want to caution people on. It's very easy to get real exuberant and excited about this because I'm telling you, John said it right in the beginning, in the middle. You're going to start tacking weight on like you wouldn't believe. And boy, oh boy, you talk about a good feeling. You know, there's nothing like walking tall and strong and your gait is perfect. You know, and just the feel. You know, even if you're dog tired, you still know you did something. Rather than working out six days a week, you're pumping your arms and pecs. You got chicken legs and who cares? You know, whenever I see somebody I know that's lifting, you know what I look at first on them? Their hips and their legs. If they've got no hips and legs, they ain't shit. All right? Especially in a fight. You don't have that lower end, you can get blown up pretty easy. All right? But that's not what this is all about. What it's about is this. The excitement of going in. I don't care if you go in two days a week with it. Once every seven days. Whatever works for you. 
Whether you're going to do specificity, maybe you're going to do two movements, I don't know. And we're going to get into this as we go along with this whole teaching process. But I will tell you this. You want something productive, especially if you got kids, you know, football players. I'm telling you right now, my brother-in-law is a football coach, head coach in a big suburban school here. I said, give me one of your players over the summer. And I said, I will, I said, I will guarantee you, and you won't have to pay me a dime. I'll give you all the money back. This guy will be so dangerous, he will blow everybody out of his shoes he hits. And if he's the guy on the other end receiving or a running back, they'll be afraid to try to tackle this guy because he'll hurt him so bad. And they kind of look at me like, uh, well, I got news for you. Power cleans and all the stuff I see these programs doing. You give me a power rack and a student that has got the attitude and wants to work and wants my attitude and wants to live in hell with me for the summer, you'll never meet anybody like this guy. Because not only that, he'll be a leader. And that's the biggest thing out there with all this. I'm telling you right now, this power rack, you want confidence? Everybody's looking for a pill? Go out and get between that four-post piece of steel there. And it's ugly, and it's cold, and people will be like, oh, I don't want to go near it. I'll tell you what, if I could chain that bastard to me and carry it all over, I'd take it with me everywhere. That's how much I love it. That's how much I'm devoted to it. And, that, and you know, we haven't even scratched the surface today with it. But I'll tell you right now, you need to really think about this. If you're on one of these high-flying programs with somebody – that's telling you, you know, you only need 800 calories a day. You want to do 30 sets of biceps, 30 sets of pecs. What about legs? Ah, we don't need your legs. And don't and don't forget, too, you know, um, you can do the real pretty thing. You do the one-arm rows, the dumbbell row. But make sure you use straps. Reevaluate what you're doing and come aboard with John and I. It's all yours, John. Okay, Eric. One thing you, you hit on there that I always took a personal offense to with – coaching football players is that they would not work the hips and the strength of the lower body. Yep. They, you couldn't get them to squat or at least squat right. And the big thing was the bench press. Yep. I think maybe it was the NFL or the college yeah. idiotic test about uh, doing 25 reps yes. with 200. Yep. Yep. Most, and I'd tell they'd, I'd get on their case about it, coaches and so forth, and they'd say, well, could you tell us what the bench press does for our athletes? <laughs> I guess they didn't hear me. Yeah. But I said, well, you know, if you are a football player, mm-hmm. what a bench press will do for you is it will give you the ability when a play is over to push the player off of you yep. that just knocked you on your ass yep. because that guy has strong legs and hips. Yep. And, uh, you know, the the message never seemed to get across because that's still just about all you hear. The bench press test, the bench Correct. press this. Uh, I would ban that lift from all of the iron game if I could. <laughs> uh, but, you know, that that's just the thing. It, it does not develop what you need to develop. You know, it's the same thing with curls and this, that, and the other. These exercises are not important or nothing exercises, uh, yet they all do them. 
If you go to the local fitness club or your spa and everything, you'll see everybody doing all this stuff, yeah. uh, using machines, doing leg extensions. Uh, you know, I don't know why they don't have any legs to it, you know, to, to build anything on or to uh, define. But that's all that is, is shape and definition material. Yeah. And bodybuilding, which probably did a lot to wreck weightlifting and Weeder. real power. Yep. Yeah, yep. weeder and all yep. that other stuff. Sure. Yeah. Uh, you you got to build the body. You got to have the biceps. You got to you know have the definition. Uh, this, that, and the other. It, it's ridiculous because the the real power people. If you've gone through it through it as I have, you'd see the lifters out on the stage. Uh, if you wanted to see uh, a, a physique flexed. The best way of doing this is through a heavy deadlift or a clean, yep. uh, not some guy standing up there static and showing, you know, this little pimple on top of his arm that he calls a bicep. Exactly. You know, it's just ridiculous. But you'd see the real men. Uh, and back in, in my day, back in the 60s and everything, and myself being into this as an official uh, and judging a lot of physique contests. The guys that were in the lifting portion of the contest, because contest physique was always done after. Yep. The, the guys that would also come in and then enter the physique contest were always the biggest and baddest of all of them. Yeah. Now this was way before a lot of the drug use and everything. Sure. Uh, now I guess they can pump and get that size. Although now they're puffy and freakish looking, they all look like damn clowns. Oh, without but, a doubt. Yeah, they they but you know they cannot lift. And I, I've told Eric before uh, that, geez, we got into uh, – you look into the magazine and you'll see this physique contestant or that one uh, will claim to do these big pondages in training. And as I told him, well, geez, these guys are, for the most part, uh, trophy-hungry. Yeah. If there was a trophy to be obtained through lifting – with the enormous pondages they're claiming, they'd be in those contests in a in a heartbeat. Yep. yep. But they're not <laughs> ever. Well, you know what? Look, this is why this the power rack teaching is is imperative because you know I said this with a lot of things. It's like there are so many people out here searching. And, you know, when you look at these kids who want to play ball, of course, everybody feels they're going to be in Division One, which we know that's not true. But I'm not going to sit there and beat up on anybody with that because at least they're out, hopefully, working their ass off, getting smarter, and they have a trainer that understands. But the thing is, with what we're talking about, there's very few people that understand. I've talked – the only guy I think on this show that I've had that really understands power rack training is John Bruni. John and I have talked on a number of shows of different things. But we're not – we've never got into it the way John and I are talking because the skill that – you know, and this is a skill. This is a skill. You know, everybody's like, oh, it's, is it an athletic thing? Um, you better be damn athletic to move the kind of poundages we're talking about. Not only the athleticism, but think about this. We talked about coming off with 500 pounds, moving it four inches, and basically there's no acceleration. Okay? No acceleration. Think about that. You have nothing. You have no rebound. You know how 
up. I mean, you know how impressive that is? And then to be able to take it and push up against another set of rods. Come on. You got to have something there. And this is the stuff I'm talking about. You get a group of kids, 15 years old. They're pumping testosterone through their body naturally right now. You put them on a program like this. I'm telling you right now. You put your football team, like when John sent me a picture of like when Lou Ricky was coaching the Steelers. And all these power racks that they had built. And I'm saying to myself, can you imagine a high school football team? And I'm talking with guys like John and I, teaching these kids correctly how to do this stuff. I don't think there's anybody out in these divisions that they play in that could even touch them. I mean that. That's how That's how not only impressive this work is, but result producing. Because you know, all you ever hear everywhere is, oh, does it produce results? This will produce more results than any Diana ball you can take. Believe me. Believe me when I tell you that. But this is going to be your guts, your heart and soul. You know, we talked about hell here. To me, it doesn't matter. It's just like the businesses with me. You, you go through this threshold eventually where you welcome failure. Because as I said over and over again, failure is creating the seeds to your next success. You have to get over all these things you've been taught and reteach yourself. The power rack, to me, is the ultimate blackboard. You go out there, you're probably by yourself. I am usually, because most people are not going to buy into this right away, and most people are not structured to walk in and do what I'm doing. They'll get killed out there with that stuff. But I'm telling you right now, like yesterday, and I mean, I'm hurting right now. I, I've got a body pump uh, through my shoulders and stuff right now. My shoulder girdle feels like it's going to blow up, literally. It feel, I feel so tight and strong. Tired? Yeah, a little bit. You would be too if you were moving that stuff. But I don't even care. It's like I can function too. And the biggest thing, like where John made a great point, and I'll give it right back to you, John, is this. These bodybuilders, okay, they're on everything. You know, they look like they could lift a house right off the foundation. Probably the majority of them would be lucky if they could squat 250 properly. I'm talking parallel or below, not a quarter squat like you see. So I've gone in gyms. This is years past. These guys would be 250 pounds, and you'd see them. They'd have, I'm not bullshitting you. 140 on the bar, all right? They'd have collars on. At least they had a little brains. They'd come out of the squat rack, and they'd shake. Or if they didn't have collars on it, you'd hear the plates going clink, 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 like that with the bar. I'm saying to myself, this is a 250-pound guy. He can't even squat 135. And when he squats 135... It's a quarter squat. I'm laughing my ass off. And they're walking around all puffed out and everything. You know what? Give me that power rack any day, and I'll show you what we can do. It's all yours, John. Well, you're right about that, Eric. The Especially if you're training like a midi squat. Yep. yep. And you're working that area that I consider most crucial. After you train that, uh, if you're in any sport, you're going to be able to use that power mm-hmm. for the specificity of that particular sport. Uh, it was to the point where my son, Rob, who yep. you and I've talked about, I guess he's your, your age now. Yep. Yep. Uh, I guess I'm a little older than him. 
Yep. Maybe yep. maybe I should just adopt you too. <laughs> at, at, at any rate, uh, when, when Rob was in junior high, he was out for football and wrestling. Yep. And the thing was that he was so powerful that at least one of his well, I guess it was his main coach would not play him that often <laughs> because they were seriously worried. Yeah. About the other people, especially at that age, yeah. junior high. Oh, yeah. And, and everything. And this was at the time when Rob already had, he still has it on his wall, uh, a trophy from one of the world meets that we did, uh, uh, exclaiming him as the world's strongest teenager. Yeah, I remember Because that, that particular year, uh, in total, in fact, from the all rods, not that you can really compare it properly, but I like to think this way, is that with the other events that were contested, Olympic lifting and power lifting, for teenagers, Rob's total was higher than the power, the best power lifter teenager and the best Olympic lifting teenager combined. Yeah, yeah. Now that, of course, that's we had a lot of different lifts, so we had more lifts than they did. But he still, in winning, got got the uh, award for. Uh, you know, the b- biggest total in all runs. But the thing was, you know, here's a kid that's uh, 13, 14 years old mm-hmm. that could do a hip lift with 1,400 pounds. Yeah. Now, you can imagine the leg strength behind that. Uh, a hip lift, by the way, is just another version of one of our power rack lifts yep. because you're doing it from a dead stop and you're yep. doing it in a limited motion but with superhuman bondages. Uh, the tendons and ligaments, as you said, the young people that would train, oh. it's not just muscle they have to develop. Yep. It has to be those tendons and ligaments. Uh, it goes all the way back to the very first isometric lifts where Alexander Zass, around yeah. 1900, yep. Yep. Uh, developed this because he was a war prisoner. Yep. All he could do was isometrics against chains and bars he developed the power to pull jail bars apart. Unbelievable. He escaped three times from, uh, you know, being in uh, various arrests uh, from the military. Yep. A war prisoner. And, you know, I, I guess after that, they just couldn't find him. But that's some serious strength that you develop from uh, uh, pushing against something that just doesn't move. Well, and, and look. You already had your grandson, Dre, up here, um, and at his age, and, you know, we talk about my nephew, Danny, obviously, um, I can't wait till you get the bar and you turn that guy on to it, because I have a feeling, at that age especially, and, you know, hormonally, um, he's built to squat, at least from the pictures I've seen of him. Um, yeah. I, it's going to be pretty scary, I think, to see what that kid moves. And if he likes this bar, that's going to even increase his um, intensity to get under it and get going with it. And obviously, he's got the best coach around. So, um, you know. i got to kick his ass to get him downstairs today, in fact. Yeah, but you know something, John? He's like any kid. All right? You know, you got to, you know, you know how that is. It's not like, you know, we go through all that, too. But. I am so motivated right now more than I've ever been because I think it's just the idea of we're working together. So many things are going the way they should be with the businesses now. 
we're getting more and more people into my camp. You know, uh, this this marketer that is very interested. He's already helped me with a few different things. Um, it's it's very interesting because as one thing takes off, it begins to take another on and another on and you start building that word called momentum and it's the same thing when we're talking about the power rack you know i get in there i do three all right but and i'm going to tell everybody something else and then john can give out whatever he wants and we'll summarize today's show because we've got an awful lot more material to cover is this when i do my day where i go 50 percent um, what I'm doing, obviously, is whatever my top lift is. Now, here's something that is, and I never really even thought of it this way, but it's a great, great thing that comes from this type of training. You start being able, well, obviously, if you're going to do a 500-pound squat, you're going to have to be able to open pretty close to it. That's the thing, you net, you know, what's the standard lifting? 135, 225, 315, and then maybe we go into our big lift. To me, that's a waste of time. And you can't do that with what we do because, number one, you don't want to be in that rack for that many sets warming up, even though we're doing a heavy hands workout or whatever John's doing at the time. I still do a lot of stuff, and John gave me some other things I'm doing. So I'm doing a lot of stuff that he wrote about with Dr. Schwartz in Hard Gainer years ago. And if you don't have those issues, you should go out and get them. I believe they're still available. They might not be in the book style, but I got a bunch of them from Stuart years ago. They were all printed on paper. Who cares? Read them, digest them, read them a hundred more times. You'll get better and better. But my point of this whole thing is this. This type of stuff that we're doing and talking about here today, it's absolutely incredible what it's doing to me mentally, I think, more than anything. Because we always talk about confidence and courage and all those things. Let me tell you something. You get under a bar that's 100 pounds more than what you've done, and you're opening close to what you're going to max and push up against the rods. i got to tell you, man, that is measurable strength. That is the stuff that builds your body. We talked about, you know, with the kids, with the tendons, the ligaments, the bones. I can guarantee you, you'll look like you got cable. We're just going to talk arms. You'll look like somebody's attached cable to everything on you. The li- I've seen that stuff from doing things like that. The ligaments and tendons actually look like cable. They blow right out of your skin. I don't care if you're thick as a brick or not. It will show. Why? John said it. When you're under tension like that and, you know, you know, you're not working your arms and you're not working your neck, or if you are, it's, it's not hard, hard. When your body's, if get somebody to take a picture of you when you're under a 500-pound squat with a six-second push. I swear to God, you won't even look human, literally. You will look probably distorted to people. Why? Because everything from head to toe in your body is being put out there why? So you can complete the lift and be successful with it. And if you're not this time, so what if you move in an inch? The next time you're going to come back and crush it. That's what this stuff does to you more than anything, in my opinion. It builds this type of mental toughness. I don't even know if I'd use the word toughness. It just builds a whole new you mentally. 
and things that used to get you before don't get you anymore. People that used to bother you don't bother you anymore. You don't listen to the same things anymore. It's taking and creating a whole new cycle of you. You're beginning now to decide who you want to be, what you want to do, and who you're going to hang around with. Most people can never say that. So there's more than just what we're talking about here with the Power Rack. You get into what we're talking about here in the next year. I'll make a guarantee. Anything you want, you'll get. If you go out and do what we're talking about here, what the hell is stopping you but you? That's the question I'm going to leave with you today till we pick up in uh, November for our next show. John, summarize. Take your time. Anything you want to put out, obviously, at Facebook to get a hold of you. And uh, this show should be up Thursday at the latest. Um, and we'll get ready for November, which will hit teaching part two, obviously. So take it away, my friend. Okay, Eric. Uh, something you just mentioned a second ago was brought hammered home as I was looking out toward the kitchen, and here comes Dre in, uh, <laughs> uh, carrying a stack of pancakes that I don't think I could even lift. Uh, okay, but the thing was, yep. when he was doing a lot of his training over the last year, this is good for, for young people because you don't spend much time at right. it. Right. There's not a lot of sets, and most of the lifting that he's done up till now has been infrequent. He's just here on weekends usually, and even then sometimes I can't talk him into lifting. But the thing was he has done most of the stuff just on the power rack. Yep. And about a month ago, I decided to get him into an all-around record day meet that we were going to uh, over in Cleveland. So – I said, Dre, will you come over and try some of the all-around lifts for records? He said, well, if you say so, I'll go. <laughs> is, is, will they have food? Yeah. I said, yeah, they'll, they'll have food. Yeah. So I took him over. You know, Some of the lifts he wasn't familiar with, I said, try this one. Try that one. And he said, well, if you say so, he just go up to the platform, lift it, like it was nothing, he ended up with five world records. That's incredible. And I mean, I'm talking for the 13 and under division, you know, but the fact was that he didn't train specifically for this meet. Right. It was just the power rack. Yep. Uh, power rack gave him that strength to the point where I could tell him just about anything on a platform for a regular lift. Do this. Can you do this? He says, I don't know if I can do it. I'll try. Yeah. He does doesn't face him complete yeah. confidence yeah so it, you know as he as he keeps going with this i'm gonna try to coerce him more and more into uh, actually displaying this yeah but the thing is as you've mentioned we've talked about today it's a total body strength that is being developed and it's done with a limited motion very few sets and reps and it is a positive builder. It encourages the body to build and recuperate quicker. Mm -hmm. I'm convinced that's really the name of the game behind yep. it. Yep. To the point where I told you earlier this year, I developed a, a blood clot in my leg from right. actually traveling. Yep. The doctor said, yeah, do exercise, but maybe you better not go so heavy. 
So I went to the power rack, of course. <laughs> yeah. And I thought, well, I promised my wife. Yeah. I'm not going to go heavy. Yeah. And I started at like 50% weights. And instead of going to a rod, pull, you know, pushing or pulling up to a rod, which I thought would be too intense. Yeah. I just did like Bill March did holds off a power rack. Yep. I'd pull up an inch or two and hold it. Yep. Well, when my wife wasn't watching, yeah. she was at the same gym and was warning me not to do anything heavy. Yeah. Uh, I'd just subtly add five pounds here and there. Yeah. After a while, when she started seeing an extra 45 hanging onto the bar, <laughs> then she, you know, and then recently she just gave, gave up when the bars about filled. Yep. But it just, even though I had to watch it and I thought, well, maybe I am hurting. I just kept pushing and pushing and the power act made things easy. Yep. The confidence level was up. Uh, I don't know what the state of that blood clot in my leg is, but I think it's dissolved. Yep, I think unreal. I beat it yep. just through the power rack training. Yep. Yep. So it has all kind of benefits, but the bottom line is the power, la power rack is about the only real way to go heavy with an overload. Oh, without you a doubt. You go heavy doing a regular lift, but the power rack will overload mm -hmm. safely. Mm-hmm. And that's the name of the game. That's how, how real strength can be developed. And all I can say is that having done it now for 50-some years, it definitely works. Oh, it, it, You know, it, when you were talking about Dre, too, with the all-arounds, I, I want everybody to be clear about this. Do you see how working the rack correctly bleeds over into everything? Seriously, I mean, that's a big thing. There aren't many things that you can do that are going to bleed into other sports. The power rack does that. And John said it right. Blood clot, obviously, you keep working the rack. You keep building the confidence. You destroy it. That I said to John before, I think the power rack is the fountain of youth. I mean that, everybody. I believe it is the fountain of youth. So it would be in your best interest to keep listening. We will have a program out at some point in 2020. The bar, I'll let everybody know what's going on with the bar in the next few weeks. Uh, probably early 2020, if everything goes right, and John's happy on his end with the bars, and I'm happy here. Um, we're going to let that loose on the world, and we'll see what happens with that. Is there anything else, John? Well, nothing I can think of. Uh, happy Columbus Day, by the way. Yeah, without a doubt. Go ahead. I, th I think that is the holiday, isn't it? But yeah, yeah. The uh, big thing is, we you just gotta have the guys get in these power racks. I know there's a lot of them around, left unused. Yep. It's about time we bring back that use. Athletes, lifters, uh, track and field guys, wrestlers. Yeah. Use the power rack. It won't take much time out of your day. And it will give you more strength, better overall development than anything that takes a lot longer time. Yeah. The six-day-a-week course, you know? It doesn't yeah. work. It doesn't work. Um, do, now, obviously, they get a hold of you Facebook. That would be the best way. So if you want to contact John, obviously, John R. McKean. 
Uh, he's out on Facebook. Uh, John's great answering questions. There's going to be a lot more information up. Like I said, this show will be up by midweek, and we'll get ready for our next teaching experience in November because there's going to be an awful lot. And, you know, today's just uh, scratching the surface. We're going to get into a lot of different things we're going to be doing. Obviously, sets, reps, you know, John and I love singles. That's always going to be the deal. But you know, we can talk and we can attach it to anything you want. Obviously, he and I are both working the middies. But, you know, like anything, we'll figure out something good and explosive that nothing would make me happier. And I'm sure John, too, I'm not going to speak for him. You know, I'd love to hear somebody say, oh, my God, I've been doing it for three months. You wouldn't believe the gains I'm making. Or I'm doing this and doing that, and it's just bleeding right over into it. I've never heard anything like this that you guys are talking about. You know, there's a lot of stuff that's very popular out there and fashionable. This could be easily as popular. It might not be as fashionable, but let's let's go for this. If you're in a strength and building ligament, tendon, bone, and your brain, this is the, this is what you want. And we are going to give it all to you, believe me. Um, this is Motivation Muscle Streaming Radio 24-7. Go out to FiorelloBarbellCo.com. Winners and Champions is our premier product. Also, to get involved and invest in us on um, in FiorelloBarbellCo.com. Um, there's a $25, $50, and $100. Um, goes right to my PayPal account. Goes right into the business. And, you know, listen to what you heard today. There's nothing out there talking about this type of training. And if there's information, like I said, maybe get a paragraph here and there. I mean, we're going to get right down to the bar, what type of power rack, et cetera, et cetera. How to do it, you know, maybe you want, I, I would never leave anything that wasn't lagged, but there's all, we're going to talk about all kinds of things that you wouldn't even think about, which are paramount to your lifting, to your success. Also, too, um, let me think here, go out to motivationmuscle.com slash category slash podcast. As I said, this show will be up midweek, so that'll be two with John and I, and we'll do many, many more, but there's over 1,200 shows out there. There is information out there like nobody's business. Everybody that's on this show is a business owner and a lifter or of some sort they're doing something. There's nobody out here talking about what we did today that's never done it. You'll never see that here. I will never lead people on. That's what we're about. Also, too, don't forget to sign up for our free newsletter on MotivationMuscle.com. goes to my MailChimp account, and you will always get tons of info here. Another way to give us and send us some money into investment is advertising here. The rates are great, and if you know me, you know, I will help you in any way I can to increase your business activity and you'll be helping us because it'll allow us to do more things here to keep building our companies. That's the main thing. Also our YouTube channel, Fiorella Barbell Company, real men, real strength, real power. If, um, if there's a show you like John and I to do, you know pretty much what we're doing, but if you got something that's on your mind, I'm sure we can touch on it. No problem. Fiorella Barbell at nightcap.r.com. We're on iTunes and Stitcher. Give us a five-star review. That's what we've gotten. I thank everybody for that. We are on, um, let's see, Spotify, Google uh, Podcasts. We're also on um, AHA Directory. That's how you get Eminem in your car. It's pronounced AHA. 
If someone seeks you in the gym, out in the gym or the concrete jungle, never be afraid to give five words to inspire. Very, very meaningful. My mom, when we were kids, would always say, never be afraid to say hello to someone or give them a smile for that day. You don't know what people are going through. And there's a lot of angst out there right now. You know how you get rid of that angst? Get in a power rack. Number three. If you're going to lift it, bend it, break it, twist it, press it, pull it, squat it. If you're going to lift stones, turn them into dust. The great Hoosa Steel Stone Crusher says in blood red domination, we are domination. We clear cut the path. We follow no one. Dominate, obliterate, and dent everything in your path. No one will ever clip our balls. And as Russell Fur says about Eminem, who's listening to us from the beginning, when I hear your shows, I swear there's testosterone dripping out of my speakers. It's a tidal wave, brother, now, and it gets higher and wider every day. Frank Klein, my greatest business college professor. Repetition, repetition, repetition. Quitters never win. Winners never quit. My dad, be a leader, not a follower. Be a leader, not a follower. John Ridge, my greatest chiropractor ever. He was like a father figure to me because my dad had died about 10 years before I met John. John was a gentleman. He wasn't somebody you messed with either. And he would walk every patient to the door no matter how busy he was, open the door for him and say, keep smiling. We lost John four years this past August to cancer. I miss John like you can't even imagine. I miss those Fridays when I used to go over and we would shoot the shit all afternoon. Unless I had podcasts or whatever. But I would always try to build around him on Friday. He was that important. Also, too, be a steward of strength. Don't stand on the side of the road and watch the world go by. Tell a hundred or more of your friends. How about a million of your friends? We're coming. We won't kick your door and we'll blow the roof off your house. Come on in, take our shows, motivationandmuscle.com, and give them to all your friends. Listen, you got kids, listen to them together. Be part of it. Let it be part of your family. Don't forget about Etched in Stone and Etched in Stone for Kids out on Facebook. Join us there. And don't forget about FBC Fiorella Barbell Company. John writes blogs for me, among many. The, the writing is just so exceptional out there. So go out and look at those. Read those. Memorize them. Think. Envision. This show is going to make you great if you let us come into your brain. I mean that. And you will be stronger than anybody will ever teach you. Believe me. Also, too, Les Brown, you all have greatness in you. We take it two steps further, and we've got your back. And before I sign off with John... You're all winners, you're all champions, and you're all unstoppable. And here's the one thing I always say at the end, and you're all geniuses. And if you're not being told that, it's time to get away from people like that. You've got to go out and forge your own way. And we're here, and we will help you every way we can. John, what a killer show to start off our whole teaching uh, expedition here. Um, you know, it's always an honor, and thank you for everything you've done for me, past, present, and in the future, sir. Well, you're certainly welcome, and the big thing is, it's really exciting to be teaching, but maybe even more exciting to find out, as you said, what some of our listeners are going to come up with as to the Power Rack. It's going to be exciting. Exciting is right, because I'll tell you right now, there's nothing like 
creating. There's nothing like thought. There's nothing like going out and having a big weight that you got to come off rods and nail it against another set or pull it. And we didn't even talk really about pulling today. We're going to get into all of this stuff. And I'm telling you right now, John's got decades of experience. And we're going to find out everything that went from York and Ziegler. And we'll talk about all kinds of things in between. What power racks, when they weren't invented, you know, with the four bars of steel, basically, okay, lagged into the floor. We'll talk about how they did things off barrels for one of them. Just great stuff. So stay tuned. And as I said, remember this. You're all winners, champions, unstoppable, and geniuses. And think about that more than anything right now. And if you got a power rack, you want to reach out to either one of us, be my guest. And stay tuned because there's big stuff equipment-wise coming. And John's part of it, and I couldn't be happier. So, for John McCain, this is Eric Fiorello. Like I said, the show will be up middle of the week. Keep listening, folks, because the world is asking something from you. Just think if you can learn this from us and go out and teach 100 people how to use a power rack. Do you know what kind of people we're going to produce? You will be unstoppable. Have a great week, everyone, and we will talk to you soon, and thanks for listening. Thanks so much for listening to Motivation & Muscle, the podcast that connected your brain to your brawn. We'll We'll see see you next time. time.